Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of Rachel's Radio. Hey everyone, how are you all doing? I feel like I ask that every single time, but I know I'm not going to get a reply. But to be fair, I could get a reply if you guys send me a DM on Instagram. I'd love to know how you're doing. Um, and yeah, let's just chat over there. My Instagram is at Rachel Recovering. Um, but yeah, hi guys, welcome to another episode. In today's episode, I thought we could talk a bit about kind of coping strategies for autistic people. Now, I did, um, I was actually chatting to someone, a lovely person in my DMs, and they said they love my podcast, so I wanted to ask them, like, do you have any recommendations? And they said, kind of coping strategies for autistic people. So that's what we're doing today. I hope you guys enjoy. If you do, please like, share, just follow me on all social media platforms. That would be absolutely amazing. I post weekly on YouTube, daily on Instagram, and that's all outreach recovering. Um, and yeah, let's get started. Okay, so I feel like this is quite a broad topic. Um, but before we get started, I do want to clarify that this is coping strategies for kind of managing everyday life and navigating life as an autistic person. This isn't coping strategies, you know, for awesome itself, because that sort of phrasing implies that, you know, it's an illness or um, something like that. And it's not. Um, it is a neurodevelopmental condition and it's who we are. It's not like, you know, it's not um, a default it is yeah part of who we are and this is just ways to manage um being autistic in a world that wasn't built for us it was built for neurotypical people um so yeah with that being said right let's just crack straight into it I feel like number one what helps me on the day-to-day um and probably like like one of the most important ones I think is setting boundaries um, I feel like there's just this tendency to people please and you know what I mean like push yourself through and get your head down and try and fit in and do all these things that you know every other person feels like they're doing um, when really it is breaking you like quite literally um, and you know I think setting boundaries whether that's just saying no a couple of times or saying, actually, I need help in this area, or I need support, or my needs aren't being met, or, you know, something like this, advocating for your needs is so important. Um, Because at the end of the day, like, you know, if you keep pushing yourself through, um, you know, and forcing yourself on and stuff like this, like, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not, it's not like good for our mental well-being um and you know it does have consequences so I guess setting boundaries kind of means like being aware of kind of yourself your energy levels um you know stuff like that and kind of you know making sure that what you're doing is kind of being mindful of that right so for me for an example it's like if I go out um and do something say afterwards I might need some time to recharge my social battery or kind of just yeah have some time alone and that's not me being rude that is just me kind of yeah decompressing um recharging 
you know, that sort of thing. Um, And I think that's, you know, that's essential for like our day to day kind of functioning is to have that time mixed in with um you know the socializing and stuff like this and like everyone's different right like you know everyone's social battery is going to be different and some people are full-on people like people people right um they always you know want to be around people and I guess people like recharges them in a way but I think um for me and perhaps quite a few autistic people might be able to relate to this kind of um socializing is draining when you know we may struggle with kind of communication um difficulties and stuff like that um so I think yeah setting boundaries and you know being assertive of your needs and ways you can kind of adapt your everyday life to make it a way that um you know you're not constantly getting burnt out by um whether that's saying no whether that's saying yes to support um whatever that is just you know really advocate um for yourself number two is sensory toys oh I love like when you find the sensory toy that works for you it is such a great kind of realization or discovery um I like these clicker I don't really know how you describe them like clicker stress toys I don't know um I did a YouTube video where the ones the exact ones I got are linked and that is called gift guide for people with EDs um but obviously like you know as an autistic person you can use them or even if you're not autistic they're just great um kind of sensory stress toys um and I I really like them um I know what my mum likes the like these wooden block things um that I'm describing it so badly I'm sorry guys um I wish you know in a way this was like a video so I could show you um and a lot of people like tanglers um poppets stuff like that um whatever one works for you just find one um it might take some kind of exploring but you'll get there um and they're really helpful like in meetings I use them on FaceTime out in public just whenever you want to keep your hands busy or need kind of like a distraction or like pre like occupation when you're talking um I actually have one around my sunflower lanyard um and that's really handy because like when I'm in a supermarket or in the car or whenever I can just always have it on me which I find really helpful and I guess kind of expanding on that too um you could also make like a sensory corner in your room so I've got a weighted blanket and like a handful of like stress balls and sensory toys in a corner of my room. It's actually against the wall by a chest of drawers. Um, so it is, you know, quite a small-ish space. Um, but I quite like that because I quite like that it's quite small and then like, you know, you can crouch and you can kind of feel contained um and stuff like that. Um and yeah, that's a really nice idea. Just kind of like you know, a space in your room or wherever, um, where you can just go to if you need to, right? Um, I think, you know, having that designated place, it can really help. And you don't need a weighted blanket or like stressors. It can literally just be a place where you know you can go to and you're gonna feel safe. Um and that might be like, you know, a bit hidden away from people or kind of an area where 
I don't know, maybe other people don't like that area, but you do. Like, it just, you know, it can be anywhere, but just a place for you um, and just wherever you can go and you know you'll feel safe. I think number three would be kind of making people aware of your needs. Now, that's not everybody and that might not be in a lot of detail, but just having a few people that you can go to or you can kind of communicate with um, if things are getting like a lot, right? Um, so if you're in a social setting and, you know, you've told your mum, like, you know, kind of just, you know, what to expect from you if things get are getting a bit overwhelming. Um, and then you can make like eye contact or nudge or whatever. Um, so you can communicate to that person that you maybe need some time out or you just need, yeah, you've kind of, I guess you're running low, your battery's running low. Um, and you can tell someone, but also what I find really helpful is the sunflower lanyard. Now, if you don't know what that is, it is basically um, a way of non-verbally communicating that you have a hidden disability and you may need a little extra support in public. Um, and it's basically like what it says, a lanyard with little sunflowers on. Um, and I think it's quite well known these days. Um, so I think that's really helpful as well, just because people don't know, you know, what disability you have, um, and you can wear it. And I think people have that kind of base level of understanding almost like, you know, they are, I find people are a lot more kind of just aware, I guess, um, and respectful I find of um me and you know what like you know me in public I guess um because you know I might be kind of struggling at checkouts or being a bit slower than people or not making eye contact or um you know something like this and I think having the sunflower lanyard um kind of helps to communicate to people you know that I um need some time or I need some space um which I think can be really helpful and going more broadly on that like I think kind of making you know people people who are close to you aware as well and that might not be telling them you're autistic but just telling them kind of what to do um if you have a meltdown or stuff like that so I know some people don't like to be touched some people do like to be touched some people like deep pressure therapy some people you know just want space and I think kind of telling people and making people aware of um kind of how to interact with you when maybe you are overwhelmed or you are having a meltdown it can really help and I think it can also help um you know, people who maybe are quite dismissive and maybe criticise you for that when they shouldn't, um, kind of, you know, saying what to do in that situation um, can help people actually know how to support you better as well. And of course, there's going to be people who just don't understand and don't get it. Um, and you may not trust to kind of confide in them that you are autistic and you know you like as much as we all want to educate people um, some people aren't very they're quite resistant to that and I think kind of making people aware of you know what to do um, 
when you are kind of getting overwhelmed and stuff, it can help them even if they don't fully understand, even though we wish they did. Number four, and this is just one on the day to day, and that is planning. And I'm fully aware you can't plan your whole life, but you know what? I will try. Um, I love a plan. I rely on plans so much. Um, and I don't think that's a bad thing. Of course, you have to have strategies um, where you can you kind of like know what to do if the plan changes or if things don't go to plan, um, because that's really hard. And, you know, sometimes you need like a backup plan or plan b or something like that um but i think you know a general kind of loose structured plan really helps um what i find is when i go to bed then i kind of talk to my mum what's happening tomorrow um and then we talk it through and this isn't in detail this is just kind of maybe like four or five things um or maybe not even as much as that maybe like two or three things um and when they're happening if it's morning or afternoon or evening um and yeah just talking it through so then I know I can process that before I go to sleep at night um and then I know what's happening in the morning now I think this doesn't always work for everyone but I think it does help to kind of reduce anxiety especially anxiety about kind of what's going to happen and unpredictability um and I am aware that it is quite hard for um people to kind of plan you know what what what's going to happen um but I think working collaboratively really helps on this one okay so number five um dealing or coping with sensory challenges now I think this is really difficult because obviously it's going to vary person to person um but I think there are a few helpful things that I use to manage some of my sensory like processing difficulties or sensitivities um and one of those is ear defenders so I wear big ear defenders at Reading Festival um I am fully aware that I did look like a builder because these weren't kind of like these were like I, I used to play the drums and these were like drumming ear defenders they were huge but you know what it worked and I was very happy with them um they were what I needed otherwise I wouldn't have been able to go um and I think that's really powerful actually wearing that and kind of as a symbol that you know this is who I am um and this is what I need to do to be here in a way um and a more discreet option though which I do sometimes wear in like supermarkets um or just kind of out and about in loud places sometimes like noisy cafes or something like that and that is loop earplugs um I get questions all the time on these um I wear engage which is kind of filters out um background noise but still means you can have a conversation which I really like um but they do loads of ones I know my mum's ordered I think she ordered like the quiet ones or like the mute ones I don't know um and they come in loads of different colors as well which I really like because you can customize it um and yeah I think they're really like good ones another one um like for me um I hate kind of dirty surfaces and hygiene and I can honestly feel when I've been outside um like my hands that are dirty I don't know if it's more like part of my OCD um but 
I just really struggled with hygiene. So that is always carrying hand sanitizer around with me, like, all the time. Um, because I will put it on whenever um, I can and whenever I feel like I need to. Um, and that's what really, like, it helps that I've always got it on me because you know, that's just, like, a necessity for me, and you know what, there's no bad thing if you have to do that to, like, get around your everyday life, like, I wouldn't be able to eat in public if I didn't have hand sanitizer. um, so yeah, I think that's a really important one for me, and another thing is kind of having a little pouch, um, with just, like, your essentials in, or things that you, you need, I guess, when you're out and about, um so for me that might be like my loop earplugs definitely a hairband um because I don't like wearing my hair down um because of sentry stuff and just loads of things like that um and I think that's really important because then you know you've got that with you at all times um and for some people that might be like lip balm or I don't know, just something that you find helpful, um, like paracetamol or something um, that, yeah, you know, and then you can carry it around with you. I have my Uniqlo bag, which I really, really like. It's the perfect size, but it's also a TARDIS. Um, so yeah, that's really good. And you can just take it around wherever you go. Next one is clothes. Oh my gosh. Um, I kind of never really really like realized how I kind of preferred or didn't like wearing clothes certain clothes or stuff like that when I was younger before I was diagnosed as autistic um I used to wear the same hoodie literally every single day um (laughs) to the point where I think we actually got another one in the size up and then I wore that hoodie every single day um (laughs) and you know what there is nothing wrong with that like if that's what works, that's what works, right? Um, and now I don't wear the same hoodie every day, but I do have a handful of hoodies that I really like. I like the feel, I like the fit, I like the look and stuff like that. And I think that's really, I guess, really useful to have those sort of staples in your wardrobe where you're just going to keep rotating them. Um, and that's fine. Or if it's just one, that's fine too. Um, but finding something that you feel comfortable in is like the main thing. Um, for me, I also like this like certain kind of feel of this long sleeve top. I don't like it to be tight fitting and I hate turtleneck jumpers or like high neck jumpers. I just hate the feeling around my neck. Um, so I guess just, you know, working out what works for you. I know some people struggle with jeans. Um, and then I guess that's just exploring like other trousers. So like joggers or tracksuit bottoms or, um, you know, leggings or whatever works, just find stuff that works for you and just wear it, wear it to death. Why not? Um, give yourself permission. I think that's the biggest thing. Like give yourself permission. And last but not least, as I said in my last kind of bullet point, um, and that is give yourself permission. Give yourself permission to make adjustments in your life, to adapt things, to do things differently from everybody else. 
um, because ultimately that's the way we're going to be able to get through life. Um, navigating life as an autistic person is very difficult. The unpredictability about the future, um, just the way we interpret things, it's, it's really hard. Um, and I think, you know, giving yourself permission to be yourself, um, be your authentic self, like I did another podcast episode on that, um, but just, you know, doing things differently, and, you know, I guess, you know, not following the crowd, it can be hard, and, you know, especially when it's a path no one else has trodden on, it is really hard, because you don't know what to do, you feel like you're isolated, you feel alone, you feel like you're being judged, you feel like you're the only one, Um, But I just encourage you to do that. And I just want to remind you that we're all on our own journeys. And I know it feels like sometimes every single other person is following the conventional route. And we're the only people who can't seem to get to grips with this whole life thing. I want to, you know, (laughs) reassure you that you're not alone. Um, And there's no one way to get through life. You know, we get through life in a way we can do it and we can... I guess, yeah, just make it through, um, and some days it's just going to be survival, and some days it's going to be kind of really thriving and enjoying it, but however you get through life, um, just do it in a way that works for you, and it doesn't have to make sense to other people, and it doesn't have to be to please other people, um, but if it's working for you, do it. So yes, that is it, and I just want to say a quick note that, um, please be supportive, you know, of autistic people. If you're kind of listening to this and you're curious about autistic people or you have a family member who's autistic or something like this, please be supportive, right? Because it takes literally nothing to be kind, you know? Even if you don't have someone who's like a family member or whatever, um, you know, who is autistic, but you just see someone maybe in public who's having a hard time or, you know, having a meltdown or just needs some, you know, extra time and patience, please be that person who is patient and does give them time. It literally costs nothing and it can make the difference to someone's day. It can make their day because, you know, in the midst of struggle, what we don't need as autistic people is shame for being human. That is one of my favourite quotes. Um, Because, you know, if we're we're struggling at a checkout or something, what we don't need is like criticism from people. We don't need, you know, people judging us. We just need people to be kind and I really encourage you to, yeah, be that kind person, um, and, you know, treat people with love, you know, like, you don't know what it's like processing the world in a different way or whatever, um, and just being patient, you know, ultimately, you know, it can really make a difference to that person's day, um, and, yeah, So thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, please leave me a positive review on Apple or Spotify. Share with your friends. Share with anyone who you think is interested. Follow me on my Instagram at Rachel Recovering and my YouTube. Um, And I'll see you guys soon for a brand new episode. Bye, guys. 